Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the AJ Bruno Show. My guest today is Mark Schweiker. He served as governor and lieutenant governor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We will have him here in just a second. We had him on the line, and we lost that, so we'll be getting started. And I think we have him. Hello, can you hear me? Yep, right here. Great, we're live now. Fantastic. So I want to get started uh, first with your background. Uh, What first interested you in politics, and how did that lead to your earlier involvement in local and county politics? Well, I think uh, with two parents who were always civic-minded, throw in my mom, Mary, who was one of those folks who always paid attention to when a a new stop sign was needed somewhere at a dangerous intersection to helping out the Girl Scouts by uh, storing the cookie boxes. You know, that was our family. That was our garage, so to speak. So it it was kind of a natural uh, course of events for we and the Schweiker family. And then, you know, when I was uh, just starting to, you know, mid-20s and take a look at my own community, my own neighborhood, had a good friend of the family who ran for a local position, and uh, she won, and uh, I helped, you know, run the campaign. I did not manage the campaign, but I learned a lot. I kind of liked it. And, uh, you know, from there it was, uh, you know, a channel that took me into local government and then county government and, uh, and onto a state government. So kind of a little bit of uh, family exposure and just normal, you know, civic uh, endeavors. Great. So you decided to run for Lieutenant governor in 94 what yeah. prompted that decision, and what was being involved in such a big statewide race like? Well, you know, that, that's a big question because there are many, many big factors on winning a nomination. Uh, but, you know, looking back to 1992, 1993, uh, in Pennsylvania, the, you know, the state had been weakened in an economic performance sense, and job creation was not great. Uh, there was some concern about uh, neighborhood safety as well, and you know, at the time, I was a Bucks County commissioner, a, a big, you know, populous county in the southeastern part of the state near Philadelphia, along the Delaware River, across from Trenton, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, had, had registered in Bucks County as well. You know, the job creation wasn't strong and uh, there was a degree of pessimism. And, you know, from my individual standpoint, uh, I thought the Commonwealth uh, and in particular, its state government could do better to uh, in, induce stronger economic performance to, you know, generate supportive public policy, whether it's, you know, sensible regulations to a, a more attractive tax model. So, you know, businesses and small businesses could think about operating there profitably. So, you know, that was a big incentive. That was a, a big concern. And as a county commissioner, really a, a county commissioner in a place like Bucks County, operates a mini form of, of state government and, you know, other than, you know, the K to 12 education uh, segment and, you know, one be, uh, becomes comfortable with how, you know, uh, how public policy works, uh, generating consensus, uh, building support. In this case, a lot of the, the skills are necessary to launch a winning campaign. So, you know, in terms of public policy, uh, no doubt it was uh, economic performance and job creation and a whole lot of public safety, which came into play later on in the campaign in 1994. So uh, it all seemed to crest 
at around 1992, 1993. You know, the prior governor, uh, you know, had uh, little alternative and, and ended up uh, dropping what was the largest tax increase in the history of Pennsylvania uh, state government uh, on its citizens. And it was time to step up, so to speak. And, and then I'll add that, uh, you know, I had the good fortune of a relationship with then Congressman Tom Ridge, who was from the western part of the state, the northwestern part of the state, to be specific. And, uh, you know, we talked about what we thought were some of the remedies. And together, uh, you know, we managed to uh, succeed and win the nomination in the spring and then won the general election later in November of 1994. Makes sense. So you're lieutenant governor now, and even before 9-11, you were involved with the anti-terrorism task force in Pennsylvania. What did that entail? Well, uh, a variety of fronts that, when uh, done well, uh, you know, lead to uh, public safety and, and a sense of security uh, at the community and, and neighborhood level. Uh, you know, then, you know, prior to the rise of, you know, the jihadist tourism effort, you know, you know, spurred by uh, killers like Osama bin Laden, uh, you know, Pennsylvania at the time had some domestic concerns, you know, home to uh, a number of homespun uh, domestic terrorists, as they call it, you know, uh, you know, fringe groups and, you know, Nazi sympathizers, so to speak, uh, in, in part. And and so uh, as someone uh, formally responsible, uh, I was the chairman of the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Council, which has wide dominion over uh, emergency management and response in Pennsylvania, a subset of that pursuit was, uh, you know, the, the, some of these touristic incidents, uh, you know, not the, the, the kind that, that manifested on 9-11, uh, 2001, and earlier uh, at, at, at the World Trade Center in, in Manhattan. So, you know, because of, you know, the, the, the connection between the two, general emergency management and counterterrorism, you know, I, I had a good deal of grounding in it. And, you know, I have to uh, tip my hat to the Pennsylvania State Police, who, you know, aside from their obvious duties, you know, road patrol and so on, are excellent at, at, at monitoring uh, and, and making sure that the, the, these kinds of uh, organizations are stopped. And so, you know, it, it, over time, you develop uh, knowledge and certainly relationships uh, through many uh, entities in inside uh, formal law enforcement and others, other civil authorities. And so uh, over time, I think my comfort and, and sense of command about what a heady administration ought to be doing had developed. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you never expected to become governor, but had that thrust upon you with September 11th. Uh, as one of the places where the events of that day took place, can you give us some insight into what the crisis was like for you and for Governor Ridge? Sure. Yeah. I, well, it, it's and certainly be reminded of that in a couple of days when uh, the program for uh, the memorial at, at the National Memorial for Flight 93 on 9-11, 2018 occurs. So going back uh, 17 years, and I, I, I think it, it, I think it, so to speak, the reflection should begin in 1995 when Tom and I began to work together and, and were formal stewards of the state government, respectively, as governor and lieutenant governor. And, you know, then uh, Tom would often talk about he wanted his 
his colleague, his number two, the, the lieutenant governor, uh, figuratively speaking, to do heavy lifting. And so, you know, I, I did not only have, uh, you know, limited ministerial responsibilities. I had the so-called heavy lifting of shaping and guiding emergency response, uh, some work in corrections, uh, work in, in uh, urban redevelopment uh, with an accent on public safety. So, uh, you know, much of what uh, Governor Tom Ridge did so well, he was always comfortable having me in the mix uh, and, 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 and uh, learning and understanding uh, at the gubernatorial level, not only the lieutenant governor level, what it takes to, you know, guide that big ship of state that had 130,000 employees and, and how a state government with, uh, with assistance by legislators can, can spur an economic renaissance, can generate, uh, you know, neighborhood security, can run a, a good corrections and prison system, can uh, help support a successful K-12 public education system and so on. So it, 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 the point being uh, that I was given the opportunity to uh, be very close to all the stewardship responsibilities that a governor was expected to apply. And so now fast forward uh, to that very fateful day in, in September of 2001, uh, and you, although it, it was not clear uh, then what the White House was inclined to do as far as, uh, you know, asking Tom Ridge to take over the Homeland Security operations for the country. Uh, you know, the, so it, it, it's, it, it was a matter of years of having gubernatorial level exposure and gubernatorial governor-like roles to fill. Uh, then... Uh, it, it's safe to say that uh, when nine, that morning began and we had those uh, four crashes uh, in New York and in Virginia and Pennsylvania, uh, in, in a place like Pennsylvania, uh, yours truly as the person responsible for uh, emergency management generally, uh, as it is in any state, was called upon to handle consequences. You know, as an aside, uh, in this country, the FBI, uh, when it comes to in-country challenges, uh, you know, handles crisis management, uh, and it's the state governments that administer consequence management. And so we were called uh, to the job, and you know, literally hours—I uh, should say minutes—after uh, uh, the second plane hit, in particular, uh, you know, the, the the you know, we were in a national defense protocol. Uh, you know, there were decisions to make and deployments to uh, urge. And so very quickly, Tom and I were back in the Capitol, and then we had to go in separate directions because uh, just, just because, you know, the, in, in, a, in a mechanical sense, the state government has to commit an awful lot when you're dealing with the aftermath of a plane crash like the kind that happened that morning. So, uh, you know, it, it, it just so happened that the one function that I knew well, both as a lieutenant governor and as a county commissioner, was exactly the kind of function th that had to be applied uh, that day and for months after. So it was, uh, we were ready to go. Uh, I've often said to, uh, you know, assemblies and audiences of emergency response and first responder uh, officials that, you know, 
uh, effective responses, uh, supportive responses, noteworthy responses, whether it's to a hurricane, to a, a crash of a United airliner in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, a lot of your ability to do it well is fashioned uh, before the incident occurs. Uh, you know, b- building rapport among the response teams, uh, the, the not just the planning, but the planning and the ex- uh, but the practice and the execution, so that you're 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 reacting promptly and thoroughly when the time comes. And I and I believe, uh, you know, that that's how Pennsylvania was viewed as far as supporting. Uh, the efforts of law enforcement and the FBI that day on 9-11, 2001. One other thing I'll add, AJ, is, you know, we were, you know, our urban search and rescue team, one of the finest in the country at the time, or what they, uh, the acronym is the USAR uh, team, was the, the second non-New York State USAR group on the pile in southern Manhattan that day, uh, which says something about uh, where we were in the response queue uh, it's the federal government uh, and FEMA that deploys uh, based on that cue and based on that protocol and comfort with the talents and the skills that we had in our USAR team. So Pennsylvania not only did its job in my estimation, my humble estimation, uh, you know, for the days and weeks to come and months to come after uh, Flight 93 crashed uh, in Shanksville, uh, I, I think it's uh, safe to say that we provided some very important technical and managerial help uh, at the World Trade Center site as well. Well, that makes sense for sure. So uh, you talked about this, but also you did a lot of important measures as governor uh, post 9-11. One particular item was you securing the nuclear reactors in the state uh, what was it about that that made them seem less than secure, and what sort of measures did you take to try and fix that? Sure. Well, I, I think any governor, uh, anyone who understands the you know the energy grid uh, for the country, uh, uh, grids I should say plural, and how they operate, know that there are tremendous expectations for uh, asset and plant security. Yet, you know, there were uh, counterintelligence uh, data coming our way uh, that, you know, the the sympathizers uh, to the whole Osama bin Laden sponsored terroristic effort uh, included uh, a leaning toward perhaps attacking uh, nuclear energy generating facilities. And of course, Pennsylvania is four of them. And so among other key assets, uh, you know, the decision was made, and certainly I was supportive of it, uh, that we would augment uh, the security at those locations with a complement of Pennsylvania State Troopers and National Guard personnel, certainly uh, to make the presence uh, clear and obvious, and that there was, a, you know, quite uh, a risk for attackers to think about that. But it was really about protecting those plants uh, and and in in a broad fashion, uh, protecting the you know one of the valuable energy sources on which Pennsylvanians rely you know, here um, in our state. Mm-hmm. Sure. So after that, those fateful events, how much concern and general paranoia was there about potential future attacks? Was it something that you thought was 
likely to happen, or were you just trying to prepare just in the you know chance that it could happen? Well, I, well, my my sense. Uh, well, I would answer that in two ways, AJ. The the first is the uh, the anxiety level of our residents, and then what we formally saw as as far as the inflow of dependable uh, U.S. generated counterintelligence data. And so no doubt, uh, you know, as one of three states where the planes went down, I mean, as an aside, you know, your listeners know that it was the second bloodiest day on U.S. soil uh, in in the history of the republic. Mm. And it, it is the kind of uh, televised incident, especially when the towers fell and you saw the death and the injuries uh, and those bloody faces when the American airliner hit uh, the Pentagon and, and certainly all died, uh, you know, when United Flight 93 crashed into the ground at 580 miles per hour upside down, right. that it, it's going to generate uh, concern. It's going to generate anxiety. And it's going to generate a lot of questions about the poise and the vigilance of the state government, a state government as far as uh, its law enforcement and, and, and uh, uh, terrorist incident prevention, crime prevention, and so on. So, uh, you know, it, it, when it comes to public administration, our job is to never take our eye off that, that figurative ball, which is, you know, what are we doing every day, every minute? to speak to this concern and anxiety. And so in Pennsylvania, you saw uh, a lot more state trooper activity. Uh, We certainly urged local PDs to be uh, obvious and on the job at major intersections and in shopping malls. Uh, We urged our citizenry, you know, if they uh, saw something that concerned them to uh, call it into a variety of uh, 800 numbers of their local PD uh, and, and, the idea being uh, that we're in it together when it comes to uh, neighborhood security or the general homeland security. Uh, but that's over time, you know, the, the, the anxiety begins to drop. Although I, I, I felt it, it probably lasted uh, at a pretty high level for a, a number of years, but just because of the, you know, the, the, the vile nature of these acts committed on nine 11, you know, when, um, you know, the airliners that were uh, full of, you know, passengers and, and fuel were commandeered by these uh, American-hating terrorists. And, and, yeah, and we know what happened by, uh, you know, mid-morning on 9-11 of 2001. So we had to be on the job and we had to demonstrate our, our, our poise and our vigilance. Um, sure. From the standpoint of the, the, the state government, uh, the capital, uh, you know, we, we had two important fronts there. One is to really open up wide the channels that connect it. Uh, state government units, particularly the, the state police uh, and our local PDs, to avail themselves quickly of intelligence, whether uh, verified or more rumor, uh, so that we could be on the job and respond very quickly. You know, for example, you know, the bioterrorism convention uh, in the aftermath of 9-11 after some anthrax attacks occurred in postal facilities, 
you know, all of a sudden you had residents wondering about their own mail, uh, what was going on in their own post office. And so, you know, the, aside from, uh, you know, the idea that it's not like the Postal Service had worked very closely with, you know, uh, many uh, aspects of law enforcement, uh, it was important to combine the two and, and be quick to respond to, to, to uh, imbue confidence. So uh, for us, it was a matter of uh, realizing that uh, we, there was an awful lot of federal government type intel. And they were getting better at it by the day, certainly at the uh, at the insistence of a, of a former gov, my friend Tom Ridge, who took over the uh, as the secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, more and more of that actionable information was supplied. And I, I think over time it manifested in ways that, you know, for example, you had random car checks uh, outside, uh, you know, the, the well, all airports across Pennsylvania. And, you know, and, and not only carried out by airport security, but supplemented by local PD and, and Pennsylvania State Police, but it would pop up randomly. And the idea is, uh, you know, you, you just might, uh, you know, uh, create a disincentive for uh, these, these, these surreptitious criminals uh, to try something. So uh, looking back, I, I think, uh, as a result of that kind of vigilance, and I, and I have to say that the second front, which is keeping the legislators uh, uh, apprised of what was underway. I mean, after all, they, they appropriate uh, the financial sums that help you to build out an emergency response, homeland security and counterterrorism platform. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that's the governor's job, too. Maybe not always, uh, you know, visible uh, to uh, the fourth estate or to uh, the 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 average citizen, but, you know, keep, keeping their confidence high that we're on the job was just as important as that, that public display of security with, you know, you know, uh, you know, mark units of Pennsylvania state police along our thoroughfares, you know, even the, you know, the uh, up and down the Delaware river and the Allegheny river near Pittsburgh, as an example, was, uh, you know, a show of force kind of mentality. So uh, there, this, this is a, a long in, in the making answer because it was a long in the making challenge and really didn't go away for a number of years. Sure. Definitely. That makes sense. Even nowadays though, I feel like we've gone maybe too far in terms of um, the measures that are taken to supposedly combat terrorism. It seems like in many cases that even average citizens, though, can be treated as you know, potential terrorist risk. Um, do you think that certain things like the Patriot Act or other government measures um, have been used to target people who any reasonable person would know is not very likely to commit a terrorist act? I mean, if you go to an airport or something, you're, you're treated that way. So it seems like it's gone too far for me. Sure. I, I, it's, it's difficult for me uh, to see to measure and therefore difficult for me to say, I, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a former governor, I'm a former Lieutenant governor, former public official. So I'm not as close. And I, I, it's tough for me to, to make that judgment. Um, My feeling is uh, looking back to 9, 11, 2001, I mean, you know, to be specific, you know, when United flight 93 uh, originated, at the Newark International Airport at Gate A-17 uh, that morning, uh, aside from the pr- 
properly ticketed passengers, there were four tourists, and only one of them, of the four, had been taken aside for a second for an extra baggage check. And there were, uh, in looking closely at their movement, uh, their their uh, uh, their ticket buying approach, uh, their their background, uh, and ultimately relationship with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who sits in a, uh, a facility in Guantanamo Bay, uh, you know, the, the expectation, I think, now is that all four would be ID'd uh, and all four would be apprehended uh, before they could uh, take over a plane and, and, you know, in effect, that morning kill 40 passenger heroes. So uh, it certainly did not work that day. And it was incumbent upon the federal government and the state government uh, really to fashion a, a, a more heady, responsive homeland security effort. And I think that was done uh, relative to some of the mega, uh, you know, uh, attempts, you know, working with the big telecommunication providers uh, and, you know, the, uh, the metadata uh, examination, you know, that, that had to be, it, it was, uh, observed, it was confirmed, and pulled back. So, you know, the, the, the democratic institutions in this country may not always act quickly enough, but I think ultimately they do and attempt to find the right balance. Uh, certainly, we needed to, to do a lot better because, after all, um, you know, this was uh, the, the notion that the attacks were going to uh, occur uh, did not surprise anyone going back uh, four or five years before 2001. It was about two years before that, as the, the uh, intel record will show, that they began to hear talk of commandeering airliners. Uh, and lo and behold, you know, you know, two, I mean, this was an intentional act uh, to hurt the United States of America. And why do I say that? In part, take a, a close look at the details to two American Airlines planes two United Airline planes recruited. And I, I think because it wasn't lost in Osama bin Laden and KSM uh, that not only did they want to perpetrate these uh, these attacks by using by commandeering big airliners, what was not lost in them was was the uh, the symbolism to take down two United Airlines uh, planes and two American Airline planes. So, you know, uh, th- th- this, these uh, reflections, you know, the, the, uh, what has come from the interrogations of the, this pocket of, of terrorists, I think made it quite clear uh, that uh, in, in, in many instances, the, the federal units of government responsible for homeland security and sharing information and getting it out to local authorities, uh, you know, there were a lot of gaps and mm. performance was diminished. And as a result, we had the, the, this kind of outcome on 9-11-2001. So in my book, uh, I, I think, if anything, uh, you know, at airports, we've got to stay on top of it. Uh, you know, do the folks in TSA who, who, who attempt to do their, do their best 
uh, operationally and mechanically every day? I think they do. Uh, but they could always use a, a bit more training on, on uh, approach uh, and uh, just the, you know, you know, some of the efforts. Uh, at, and I think you're starting to see this too. Uh, mm. You know, at times just don't make sense. I mean, you know, you have a, an obviously elderly, uh, you know, elderly yeah, an, an elderly woman in a, in a uh, you know, who was using a cane, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it doesn't make much sense uh, to apply the extra level of scrutiny and pat-downs there. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of balance. It's a matter of measure. And I think some of it has to do with some uh, better training because that's how most Americans see the application of Homeland Security uh, at airports. So this is just automated notification, so we can go over that. Sure. So anyway, um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about Tuesday and next week, because you probably that's which is uh, the day out in Western PA in Shanksville. Yes, um, I definitely want to get to that. Well, we can mention it now. Well, you're speaking at the Flight 93 Memorial National Memorial Park um, during the September 11th Remembrance Ceremony, uh, which yeah. you've done in the past, I believe. Um, what has you know, that somber experience been like you did it previously and what can you know, people expect this time around? Sure. Well, it, it's, it, it's always a sobering environment and, and sobering experience, um, you know, for, for me and I, you know, the first commemorative ceremony, um, you know, a year later uh, I, I was there and, uh, you know, I, and I, I felt a sense of privilege then at being in the company of uh, the families, you know, the, the, the nearby residents who were horrified by uh, the sight of a big airliner uh, coming in close to 600 miles an hour upside down and crashing in all perish. Uh, you feel a sense of privilege and uh, a responsibility to reflect and honor what they attempted aboard flight 93. Uh, we all know what happened uh, uh, within the other three airliners. Um, it, it, it's, it is safe and accurate to say that the, the fight back against terrorism, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the 2001 kind, the, the jihadist sponsored terrorism had begun in the skies above Pennsylvania. And I think all that who, who will assemble there uh, Tuesday of next week on 9-11, 2018 will be there with a, a feeling of tremendous and uh, re- respect and affection for uh, the, the passenger heroes and the families who will, will be there that day. And, and while it might be uh, 6,205 days, since uh, 9-11 of 2001, for many of us, uh, it, it doesn't seem that long ago. And for a lot of very difficult emotional reasons, it, it's, it, it, it seems like it's yesterday. So to some extent, uh, there is a tremendous feeling of, of uh, uh, responsibility and affinity with each other and that we return to honor these heroes. 
No, I can't believe how long it's been either. But um, there hasn't been, fortunately, another major terrorist attack since 9-11. Why do you think that has been, and what sort of risk level is there in the future? Yeah, I I think to uh, a tremendous extent uh, is the high-impact nature of uh, the federal government uh, counterterrorism efforts and building partnerships uh, throughout the states and cities and and communities, uh, whether in the form of training for uh, those involved in emergency response to local police departments, uh, to what the federal government does in in DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, every day. I think we're a lot stronger. I, I think our monitoring capabilities are uh, much stronger as well. And I think that we've, you know, over time, uh, you know, managed to uh, penetrate these, these terrorist organizations, wherever they might be. We have to, you know, permanently stay on that job. You know, the, the fact that we ended up tracking down Osama bin Laden and, you know, SEAL Team 6 did their work uh, to, to finish him, I think was a confirmation you know, that the U.S. Uh, properly so left to its own devices will hunt down uh, these these killers. Um, you know, I, I, as an aside, I'm, uh, I need to remind your listeners that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed sits in a prison uh, in Guantanamo Bay and is fessed up as the uh, top engineer for all that would have uh, occurred on 9-11. And someday he'll meet his maker uh, and, and uh you know, will not be able to justify his choice to kill almost 3,000 people that day. But I think we're a lot better at anticipating and penetrating these organizations uh, so that our, our ability to counter them is stronger. And as a result, I think the U.S. is a lot safer. On the other hand, uh, you know, we've got we've to stay on our toes. I mean, you know, as we saw not too long ago, uh, it was in Indonesia when it was it – was, uh, an entire family unit that uh, committed an act of terrorism. Um, And, you know, that was striking and negatively different. Usually, uh, you know, it's a solo male or a solo female, less so of of women, but certainly they have perpetrated uh, terrorism. But to bring children into it uh, says something about the fervor of uh, some of these terrorists and, and uh, what they'll consider, uh, you know, when, when so motivated. And I'll, and I'll throw in the, you know, we saw the, the incident at that uh, installation of a head of state in a South American country not too long ago where they used drones to fly in the explosive device. And thank God it didn't get close enough to cause, uh, you know, death. Uh, and harm. It it frightened a lot of people. That's why they call it terror. Uh, And and some of these terrorists are are happy just accomplishing that. I think left to their own devices, they they do want to, you know, spawn death. uh, And they do want the drama and and, uh, what follows that. uh, So, so you know, uh, communities and neighborhoods are upset and and are are dealing with the, the downside of terrorism. Yet they used a drone. So we got to be on top of our game. Uh, you know, I, I, I would mention that in, in my work as a, 
uh, with Ryder University, where they have a growing homeland security uh, program for graduate students, that uh, it was really driven home to me the other day about uh, how uh, life has changed um, and a a new generation is taking, uh, is ready to move into leadership positions. And so, uh, and it's this, that the, the reality is our college students aren't old enough to remember firsthand what happened on 9/11 in 2001, and you know that th- you know that deep-seated uh, memory that rests in your your brain and your heart about how families were ripped apart that day, and it, you know and and never to be forgotten. Well, the reality is, in contrast, we have uh, a lot of well-meaning patriotic college students who don't remember firsthand what happened. So we have to be on the job of of preparing and training a new generation of leadership, whether it's for civic responsibilities generally or to homeland security responsibilities. And I know we're trying to, there, there are other wonderful institutions around the country doing just that. There's a real good one up at West Point. Uh, but Ryder University is committed to the same because of all the key uh, assets that are nearby, uh, you know, that, campus uh, just north of Trenton, whether it's Newark International Airport, uh, you know, to the largest port operate, one of the largest port operations in the world, uh, you know, there around Elizabeth and on over to New York City. So uh, I, I, the, the bottom line there is, while we may not see, uh, you know, planes dropping out of the sky as they did 17 years ago, uh, perish the thought, uh, you know, we still have to stay on the job of, of uh, training and providing a new generation of leaders that can secure the homeland. No, that's that's well said. And what what exactly uh, does your role at Ryder entail in terms of day to day and all that? Well, we have uh, these are hardworking, earnest, uh, patriotic students who have big plans for themselves. And so, when it when it comes to the opportunity, hold on a second. Sure. Sorry about that. Uh, no problem. My phone went off. So, so should I pick up where I was? Yes, go ahead. Sure. So at, at Ryder, we've got a, a, a you know a, a good number of motivated, uh, hardworking, patriotic students who are ready to move into homeland security type careers. Um, and you know the, the right choices have to be made, and so uh, the faculty. Uh, and if I can help, I'll do that. You know, I can provide some guidance. Uh, for example, you know, uh, internships prior to an actual you know paycheck being earned in Homeland Security, uh, internships that are directly linked to uh, the kind of work they might be doing professionally someday, um, really. Uh, augment the experience at Ryder. And so along with folks who develop those internships at Ryder, you know, I'll handle some of the outreach and and talk to the different uh, institutions uh, and local governments who would consider uh, housing an internship, uh, you know, coaching these grads, uh, you know, uh, offering, uh, you know, uh, insights and commentary, whether it's a guest in a classroom to, uh, teaching a class 
here and there. So uh, my work as an executive in residence involves all, all of those, yet uh, to a, a great extent, for me, it's a way to make good on our pledge to the families who lost loved ones in 9-11 that we would never forget. And so in an academic and university sense, I can act on that commitment, which always uh, motivates me and thrills me when uh, I have a, you know, someone come back and say that they're, you know, they're involved in emergency response or counterterrorism in some uh, shape or fashion out there. Sure. Makes sense. And finally, I wanted to ask, I know when you did not run for governor yourself, it was for family reasons. After seeing Ed Rendell win that election, did you have any regrets not standing for it yourself? And would you consider running again or serving in any sort of appointed position? Well, I don't, you know, uh, look, it was, uh, it was a personal decision. Uh, you know, did, did I feel that, uh, I would have been a hell of a uh, candidate and nominee, you bet. Uh, and you know, I should say that Ed Rendell, who only did uh, turn out to be the victor, uh, and I are friends and, and, you know, we'll be doing a program later in September, uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're colleagues and friends. So, but, you know, Ed knew how I felt, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, he, he uh, you know, I, I think he respected me. I respected him, but I certainly didn't, uh, uh, I was not fearful about that, that, con- that potential contest. What, uh, at this, one has to step back and, and see, uh, you know, my decision, not only in the context of, of a reelection effort, if it were to be in 2002, uh, it really was uh, a rationale and outlook that was developing uh, m- much earlier than that. You know, our, uh, for Kathy and I, our kids were getting older, uh, getting ready for high school. We wanted to uh, get back to Bucks County, which is, you know, our, our roots. Uh, wanted to build a home, wanted our kids to have some consistency uh, you know, being good schools, and we had confidence about that in Bucks County. And you know, uh, let's not forget that there aren't too many uh, public officials uh, or governors uh, who who faced down what we did. I mean, I'm still friends with uh, you know former Governor Warner out of Virginia, who handled handled the the Pentagon uh, crash. Uh, Governor Pataki, who was on the job as governor of New York uh, for the World Trade Centers, and of course my friend Tom Ridge. So, you know, the four of us are in this, uh, you know, very small, unappealing fraternity that dealt with those terrorists that day in the aftermath. And it has a tendency to really uh, not just take the starch out of you in in an emotional sense uh, over time. You know, it, it just causes that self-reflection. And, you know, um, when you look at 9-11 and all the kids who lost parents that day, uh, you know, God bless them. Uh, and I'm prayerful about that remark. Yet, you know, you look at yourself and say, how am I doing at home? And so it really wasn't a political decision. It really wasn't a governmental decision. It was really just a a, a a decision arrived at through just the, 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 the discussion that my wife, Kathy, and I uh, decided to uh, finish. And the conclusion was, you know, it was time to, you know, get back to regular life and, and uh, raise our kids. So 
it, it, it was, it, I look back, it's the right decision. And, and to your, your second question, AJ, I, I don't see, uh, you know, uh, future attempts at, at running for public office. Uh, you know, I'll, it doesn't make any sense to use the word never. Um, but, you know, if, if there's a way I could help, I might think about it. But in my mind, what uh, I'm at a point in my professional life, uh, given some of these unique experiences that I, I feel obligated. And I think I can meet that whole public sense of giving back uh, in my work at Rider University. So I feel like, you know, that itch is being scratched. Sure. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on, and it was fantastic hearing everything I had to say. Thanks, AJ, and I'm, I'm glad we got this together because I know we talked about it some weeks back in the summer. Yes, me as well. All righty. All the best.